0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Hey, good morning, church. Welcome. I'm glad you're here i've been saying this for the last few weeks and i really do mean it but this just wouldn't be the same if you weren't here today and so i'm so glad you came we're honored to have a lot of guests with us would you join me in just giving them a great big clap for coming awesome we love to see our guests come in be a part of what god is doing here how about the video from joe and debbie ivy they're such special people I love them. They are the kind of people that you want in your life. They're faithful. They always encourage. They are dependable. They serve the house. They—they're just a part of everything God is doing. And I just—I just love them. Shout out to Joe and Debbie. Are you in the back, back there? Where are you guys? Would you stand up for me? Just stand up. Come on, stand up. There's Debbie. Where's Joe? There's Joe. He's still serving in the back. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for that video and, and sharing your heart, your story. Uh, so it's always good to have people like them in our church. But here's the thing. They're not the only ones. This church is full of people just like them that are faithful and dependable. And so that's for all of you. And I thank you so much. One last thing about Joe, which I really do appreciate, is Joe is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. And so that helps me out a lot. So that's awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, you you guys, you don't have to be a a Cowboys fan to go to church here. We let all kinds of sinners attend here. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, come on, guys. Come on. It's just a joke. You know, it is. It's all fun. Hey, listen, church, this is a special day for us because it's our commitment Sunday for our courageous campaign. And we have been praying about this, preaching about this for weeks and leading up to the point where we have the opportunity to place our commitment cards in the baskets that'll be up here at the end of service. And hopefully like you and myself like we've all been praying about it and, and determining, you know, what what it is that we're going to do to be part of the campaign. If you're new to us, let me just let you know that Life Church has leased a ginormous building off of Oleander Drive that will become our new church home. And so we'll hopefully sometime next year get to move into our brand new place. And so today though, we're kicking off the campaign to fundraise for the renovations for that building and I've heard from so many people about how excited you are about moving to the new building. I don't know if it's just because you want softer chairs or if you really believe that God's going to do something great but either way there's a whole lot of excited people about moving forward. So at the end of our service at the end of my message I'll have a special time for us to be able to and I'm looking at the corners here there'll be a basket there and a basket there and you can come up to Put your commitment card in there and we'll, we'll, just, we'll just do it all together and it'll be really special. Before we get to that, though, I want to preach a moment. And so I want to talk about a, a topic that's going to, I hope, inspire you today. And my topic is this, or my sermon title is, A Courageous Conviction. Courageous Conviction. A conviction is a deeply held belief. And so I hope to inspire you in your deeply held beliefs today. So I want to go to the book of Joshua chapter one, to preach today and to set the context up for where we are in the story in the Old Testament. At the beginning of the book of Joshua, we find that Moses has led the Israelites to the Jordan River. And they're about to cross over the Jordan River into their promised land. Now, the Israelites were freed from the Egyptians. They were slaves and God freed them. And then they journeyed for 40 years to this moment before they crossed over the Jordan River into their promised land. Now, their journey didn't have to take that long, but through a series of of seasons of disobedience, it just continued to set them back. And so God was preparing them for their promised land. For 40 years, though, they were a portable nation they they would follow the the leading of god and then they would they would park in an area a territory for a season and when god led them to a place to stop they would unpack their their houses and build their tents and and so they had to put it all together then they would build the temple and they set up their their portable temple and so everything was portable and then the then the Holy Spirit would move to a new location they'd pack it all up and they would put it in you know their you know carts we use trailers they use carts but um, they would pack it all up and they'd move to a new area then they would unpack it all and so for 40 years they were a a portable nation I feel like we have been a portable church for 40 years as well. Um, We haven't been. It's only been three years. It just feels that way. Can you imagine in the desert for 40 years? But the Israelites are now at this point, though, of entering into their promised land. The Bible says this in Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 3. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, who is the son of Nun and Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. So after the death of Moses, God commissioned Joshua to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And there's some significance about this moment, especially when you understand who Moses was and what he represented and who Joshua was and what he represented. So Moses, if you remember, was the lawgiver. So God gave him the Ten Commandments and then Moses then gave those to the Israelites. Then they came up with a whole new list of ordinances and and laws for the people to follow in order to be a society that that worked together. Now, what we know about the law is it was the perfect holiness of God. It represented his perfection. And so for the people of the Israelites, they would try to live to this perfection. But as you know, we can never be perfect. So they lived in condemnation all the time. So they would try their best to be their best for God, but they could never meet that standard So therefore, they would have to sacrifice an animal and and go to God and be forgiven. And it was just a, a, a cycle that they lived in, lived in, lived in. So the law was never meant to be their savior. It was meant to point out how sinful man is. Then we come to the death of Moses, and now we have Joshua. Joshua's name means Yahweh is salvation. And so Joshua represents Christ in this story representing that through Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, we are whole, we are redeemed. But the interesting thing is that they could not enter into their promised land from the basis of the law. They needed the representation of Jesus Christ who fulfills every dream and every promise and every, uh, everything that he has for us is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so when I think about the story and Joshua, I'm I'm reminded of the fact that, that our victories and our fulfillment only comes with our full dependency on Jesus Christ. And for our church body, we will fulfill the calling and enter into our promise, the new building, based on the power and the grace of Jesus Christ in our life. In other words, I believe that you have promises in your life and you cannot work hard enough, that's the law, to accomplish what God has for you. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, the New Testament way of life, God can bring you into your promise and he can bring our church into his promise as well. So when you think about your commitment, You think, well, I only have a small part. That's okay, because it's not just about your amount. It's about our desire to allow Christ to empower us and to work through us to accomplish his purpose. Amen to that? So, interesting thought with Moses and Joshua. Next, the scripture then, we see that God is preparing Joshua and all of the Israelites. He's preparing them. So it says in verse two, to reread it, It says, now then, you and all these people get ready. Everybody say, get ready. ready. All these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them. So when we hear those words, get ready, God is calling the people to rally around the vision that he has given them, to rally to the promise That's in front of them. For the Israelites, this was like an all-in moment. This was the moment that God was saying to Joshua to say to the people, it's time for all of us to get ready to walk across the Jordan River into our promise. I believe that the promise is for everyone. I believe God has promises for you. But I believe also when it comes to the context of our building, that this is for everyone. The blessings that come from us walking in the promises and the purpose of God will be so great for all of us. Everyone enters the promised land together is what he's saying. Now, so when I think about our church and just kind of using the promised land as a, an, a representation of us moving into the building, I believe that the blessings are attached for you. For me, for our children, for our children's children, and I believe that it's for all the people who have yet to come to Life Church and experience the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And so when I think of everyone, Yes, I think about what I will get. I think about what you will experience. But I think about the legacy of children. And I think about the people that are still out there that we haven't reached yet. And when they come into this building and they experience the worship and the presence of God and their lives changed, I think of an all-in church, everyone experiencing all that God has for us. Amen, church. So back to the story of Joshua. So as the people are... Preparing to cross the river. They're also preparing for upcoming battles that are ahead. As you read the story through Joshua, you find that once they cross the Jordan River, they have to to eradicate the inhabitants that are there. They encounter Jericho, the story of Jericho, and many other battles that are ahead of them through fortified cities that are there. Now we know this, that every promise of God always comes with a pushback from the devil. So the moment you make a decision in your life to step forward in the things of God, the devil never likes that. And he will come against you. He will give you pushback in your life. The moment you make a decision to make a commitment on a commitment card, you need to know that you're gonna experience from the enemy some pushback in your life, some spiritual attack. Every time you make a decision, whether it's a commitment card, but maybe it's just for you, it's just a a new step of faith in your life. Maybe it's just a new level of commitment. Maybe you've been someone that's kind of been on the outside of Christianity, but this is the day you say, you know, I'm going to step fully in and embrace everything God has for me. Well, the moment you do that, I don't want you to be surprised because the enemy does not want you to pursue him fully. So therefore, you will get some push back from the enemy don't be surprised at that when the enemy tries to stop you discourage you and try to keep you from moving forward but here's what we know because we have an understanding that it will come we can be ready we can get ready and here's what you need to know is that when you are headed in the right direction with God then you're headed in the opposite direction of the enemy And so he is always coming at you when you're going for God. The best way to get the enemy off your back is to turn around and run the other direction, amen? So we know that. So rather though than become discouraged when setbacks happen, I believe we're called to be courageous because you know that you're moving in the right direction with God Pursuing his call and his plans for your life. Amen, church? And then the Bible teaches us in this moment of them feeling the the pushback, the battles ahead. God says in verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Not just for Joshua, but for us today, God will be with us. And it says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. You need to know that God will defend you and God will fight battles for you as long as you pursue him through it all. And listen, I'm going to share a verse that I know you know It's a clappable verse because it's so powerful when you think about the battles that come. But we know it because the Bible says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen, church? Give that a clap, church. It's worthy. You're never alone in your battles. So then God says to Joshua, and he says this three times. I find it interesting that he said it three times. He said, be strong and courageous Joshua 1 6 says be strong and courageous Joshua 1, 1.7, one verse later says to Joshua be strong and very courageous and then two verses later verse 9 it says have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go You know, I think when I hear this moment of three times God encouraging Joshua, and I was kind of wondering why, why is he encouraging him? Because when I think about all the Israelites and Joshua, they know the promise of God. I mean, they've been probably talking about it for 40 years about the promised land. It has been a season of being led right up to the edge. I mean, they can see it. It's not like they're... They're, you know, miles and miles away. They're on the edge seeing it. So they they can grasp the promised land. They also know the faithfulness of God and how he has defended them and delivered them. And so, so not only can they see the promise, but they know that God will defend them and fight those battles for them. And yet, God is having to say to them three times, be strong and courageous, knowing they know the promise and knowing they know God's faithfulness to them. And why is God having to encourage them over and over in the area of courage? And I believe it's because God knows how often we fail to act out of fear. Now, that's not just Joshua, that's me, that's you, that's everyone. Fear has a way of just, just halting us in our steps. When we're afraid of people's opinions, we're afraid of failure. We're afraid that, that when we start something, we, we may not finish it. And, there's, and we just tend to gravitate towards the fears rather than to the victories and the promises of God. And so here's what I want to bring us to, and I believe this is the word of the Lord for us today, but that if you have a conviction about something, then you will do it scared. If you have a conviction, like that conviction is a a deeply held belief about something. And if you have a conviction, then, then you will be courageous to act out on it. And so God was saying to Joshua to be courageous, and he was trying to, in my opinion, Uh, install or impart into him a conviction of what was to be. Again, conviction is this deeply held belief. And when someone has a conviction on a matter, they'll stand for it. When someone has a conviction on a matter, they'll defend it. When someone has a conviction on a matter, they will sacrifice for it. And this is true when you have a conviction of your family. When you are in a family and you're married, maybe you have children, but, but there's a conviction that comes inside of us that I will defend my family that I will stand for my family. I will sacrifice for my family. You know, we make decisions for our family based out of our convictions. We'll choose to do something that might hurt my relationships and we'll say no to those things so that I can step into a better relationship with family. That's what a conviction does. It helps you choose right and wrong. It gives you the courage to stand when it's hard. Convictions. Many of us, and you should as well, have convictions on morally inappropriate things happening in our culture today. Like there ought to be a conviction of righteousness inside of you that, that causes you to want to be a voice in, in culture today. When things are happening that are so unbiblical, there ought to be something, a conviction inside of you that says, I wanna stand for righteousness in our country. And so when you have a conviction, you're willing to to step into the conversation and you will be okay with people's opinions that don't agree with you because you're standing for what God is standing for, convictions. But there's another conviction today that I want to bring to your remembrance, and that's your conviction about God's promises for you and for our church And when God has given you a vision and God has given you a purpose in life, and let me say to you, you have a purpose. You have a vision for your life. God has good things in store for you. Listen, God has the promised land for every one of us. Listen, you were born to live out God's plans and purposes in life. And so you have that purpose and plan. Our church also has purposes and plans that God has given to us. And when we are able to say, God, I hear you and I want to obey you, but I need courage. That courage comes from a conviction. It says, I believe God said it. Therefore I'm ready to do it. We're ready to get ready as it says. Amen. So courage, courage to act rises from our convictions. That's where our courage comes from. It's our conviction to do what God has called us to do. And we are most courageous when we are most confident in a matter. So when you know that you know, you know what your knower is. You know, sometimes you just know something, but there's something in your your deeper knower. You know what I'm talking about? That the knower inside, you go, I know this is what God's called me to. There's an unction of the Holy Spirit on it. And when you know that God has said it, then you're confident in it and your conviction will rise. And church, I am confident in the matter of what God is saying to our church and our courageous campaign. I am most confident that God has called us to move from this desert into our promised land. Amen, church? My courage for that, my courage to commit to this campaign comes out of that conviction. God has called us to it. My confidence comes from the assurance that God is with us, not from the assurance that I can do this. Listen, there's gonna be a step of faith in my commitment and Harriet's commitment And am I confident that we can do it? Not 100%. But I'm confident in God who will help get us there if we'll obey and trust Him. My confidence comes from God. My sacrifice today comes from the promise that many, many, many people are going to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior as we create an environment for people to come in and worship and know the Lord my courage, my confidence, and my sacrifice. Today is a moment for us to make our commitments, for you to have your courage, for you to be confident what God can do through you, and for your sacrifice for what God can do for many other people. It's a significant moment for our church. I've asked us to all pray and prepare for this moment, and my hope is that we'll be 100% in participation in this campaign. My hope is that every person will make a decision to do something for this campaign because I believe it's for everyone and I want the the blessings to be for all of us. So our first goal, and I've said it from the beginning, is for 100% participation. The second goal is actually just a fruit of that. And the fruit of that will be, we pray that God will uh, allow through our church to give $1.5 million for the renovations of our church. So Harriet and I have been praying, as many of you have been, and we're ready for our personal commitment to the Courageous Campaign. Our desire in this moment for us is to walk in faith and not in fear. And our desire is to demonstrate that and allow God to work through us at a level that we have never been at. Now, I say that not to to brag on us because the Mount isn't what's important. My hope is only to inspire you to walk in faith and obedience to God in this campaign. And so as we prepare to give our commitments today, I want to encourage you to to take a a few minutes and pray about your commitment. Our worship team is getting ready to come up here and they're going to help set an atmosphere for us to pray and consider what to give. And as they're preparing, and and aren't they amazing? Wasn't worship so good today? So good. As they're preparing for us, we're gonna do this in two parts. So the first part is, is we're gonna take about three minutes for you at your seat to pray, for you to, maybe if you're married, have a, a little whisper conversation and come into agreement, fill out your cards, and then we'll have another moment after that where we all bring our cards together. On the screen is a picture of our commitment card and just a quick explanation. So in a couple of weeks, we're gonna have what we call our big give offering, which is how we'll kick off the, the financial part of the fundraising campaign. Then there are four blanks that are right there with the green writing on it. There's weekly, monthly, annually, and other time frames. We don't want you to try to fill in every one of those blanks. You fill in the blank that is appropriate for how often you're going to give through this campaign. So for you, if you plan on giving once a week to the campaign, then you would put in $25 weekly for the next 156 weeks. For Harriet and I, we're gonna be giving monthly, so we'd fill in that blank. If for some of you that are giving maybe an annual basis, you'd fill in that amount there. Maybe you're not sure, so you just want to put what you believe you're going to give. And then there's the other assets that you can add to that as well. And so while we're getting ready, I want to um, to just encourage you in a couple things, because if you haven't noticed, the economy is really messy right now. Kind of a kind way of saying it. Inflation is sky high and gas prices, food costs are high, interest rates are high. It's, it's a difficult season. So in light of that, I want to encourage you to do not use credit to participate in this campaign. Also, I want you to, to not commit to a level that will put your family in financial trouble. I'm not asking that also i do not want you to feel like this commitment card is a contract it's not a contract um you're you're making a faith pledge a faith statement and if life changes let's say we can't predict what happens in your life and so you're just making your decision based on what you believe at this moment is where you are but in a year from now something may change and and maybe you need to adjust your, your commitment, and that's okay. Listen, this isn't a con- we're not gonna like come repossess your car if, if you don't follow through. Like, it, we're not doing that. We're, we're just saying this is to the best of our ability to pray and hear God's voice, and this is where we are today. So, it's not a contract, it's just your, your faith statement. I wanna also encourage you to not make a pledge for the building campaign that replaces your tithes and offerings. So we're asking you to stay consistent and faithful with your tithes and offerings and then give above that for this campaign. And last, I want to encourage you to simply respond to the call to participate and respond to the Lord in faith and obey obey his promptings. And so for just a moment, as the worship team begins to lead us, would you pray about your commitment fill out your card. Once again, if you're married, you can have a quick conversation there and come into agreement together. And then after you've had that moment, I'll come back up and lead us in a moment to bring our cards forward. So let's just take this moment.